Hi, everybody. Welcome to Cup of Jen. Ooh, I'm so excited because today I have a very near and dear guest <laughs> to my heart. And her name is Taylor. Everybody, welcome, Taylor. Hi. Hi. <laughs> um, Tay, hi. Introduce yourself. Hi. Well, I am Taylor Hoogie. <laughs> yes. I, um, yeah, I have known Jen, what, since grade eight. Since grade eight, yeah. So, so it's, it's been, been some... it's been a long, long time. What are you drinking? I have it's some. Cup of Jen. I know this is probably the coolest mug you've ever had on the show so far. I suggest. Oh, I might compete. <laughs> it is Chip from Beauty and the Beast. That's perfect. Yeah, it's pretty epic. So I got some peppermint tea and it's just chilling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Guess what my my cup is? Just I feel like my cup is pretty. Uh, have I seen it? I don't know, but it's it's from a TV show that you and I watch. Survivor. Oh, I wish. Why do I not have a Survivor mug? Yeah, well. Uh, what okay. else do we watch? The Bachelor? Mm, okay, now we just look so gross. <laughs> just only reality TV. Uh, the Office? No, I'm getting warmer. Friends. Maybe. Okay, so I'll just show you. It's <laughs> painful. Just the whole show is me guessing. <laughs> what great content, for sure. So this oh, is, um, yeah, so my mug, for those who are just listening, is a Luke's Diner mug from yes. Gilmore Girls, and it says Stars Hollow, Connecticut on the bottom. It's super cute. I don't understand, though. I bought it online. The label is, like, angled this way, but the cup, like, that. <laughs> it's kind of weird. It's sort of, like. I don't know. They put the sticker on weird or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's really cute, though. I like it. Thank you. So that's my tea. That's the tea. That's the tea. <laughs> um, yeah. So, Tay, thanks for being here. Um, maybe just start with what you what you do. Sure, yeah. So I am, for those of you who don't know me, I am a stay-at-home mom 95% of the time. And then 5% of the time, I am a hairstylist. Um, as of COVID-19, that has changed a little bit. I am obviously not able to do hair behind the chair. So my role now has become more of like an online content creator and also just supporting clients that need help at home with product and styling and Mm -hmm. haircutting and all that stuff. So yeah, it's changed a lot. Yes. So a lot of it is on social media, which is great. It's great to still connect with clients and future clients. So that's been awesome to still be able to, yeah, communicate with everybody. But I definitely missed actually doing hair. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Like in real time. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because like I just, like my son is just over a year. So I just came back to the salon January, right? Mm -hmm. January. Um. So I only had a couple months in the salon and then <laughs> to yeah. go from that and then like two months later, okay, never mind. I won't yeah. be here standing in the salon. Yeah. I think you do hair more than 5% of the time, but I appreciate that that's Well, how you... it's just how much of my day is filled with <laughs> little boy. It's awesome. I love being a mom, but it just takes mm-hmm. up the majority of my time. Yeah. It's awesome, but just has shifted. What was it like to make that decision? Um, I know this has maybe not as much to do with creativity, but of going back to work. Like, was that a hard Mm -hmm. 
thing? It was actually a lot harder for me than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually don't even know if I shared this with you before, but I just like I thought when I before I had Silas, I thought that I was going to work like at least 30 hours a week. Like I, that, was, that was my hope. So I thought I was going to actually be going back doing a lot more hours. But after I had him and just seeing how much, to be honest, how much childcare was, I was like, I actually can't afford to work that much. Like it sounds kind of right. crazy, but just where we live, um, childcare is a lot of money. And so um, that mixed with like other finances, like getting a car to go to work, that all costs a lot of money. And so it ended up being a blessing because the only day that I had childcare for free from my mom was on Fridays. And that's the exact day that Chantel, my um, salon owner and boss, she was hiring for Fridays. So yeah, it just felt like the Lord really had his hand in all it of it. felt like it was planned. Yeah, potentially. almost, right? It's so great. <laughs> I was really missing a creative job like or something creative in my life that I mm. could have an outlet with. And especially with little kids, I think it's good to have something for you, like just something to, um, yeah. I know some moms like have other hobbies, but it was kind of cool that it worked out for me to go back into hair. So, yeah. I love what you said. So it's almost like it was, it's, it's good for you. Like, am, am I hearing you correctly? Are you saying that it's good for you to have something that's kind of like yours? Yeah, like, I think it is healthy for all of us to have some, some sort of um, alone time and something that re-energizes us. And um, I have that in a lot of different areas of my life, but I just feel like this was my way of um, getting out of the house once a week without him, who I love. I love spending time with him, but just to have that a little bit of alone time. Um, and it just really refreshes me like to have some adult conversation and to just get my hands in something like exciting and fun. So I love creating, like I'm... <laughs> A little rusty so I'm relearning a lot of techniques on like it's just it's crazy to me how much the industry changes in what was it like four years that I had left behind the chair and then come back um yeah it changed a lot so it's kind of it's cool relearning things and learning new techniques and stuff but yeah yeah I feel like um artistic the business side of the arts continues to change like I felt like that when I was doing film and then I took four years off to do a theater degree and then I came back I was like oh it's not even the same like nothing is the same it's crazy and especially like now with technology too I feel like I mean I don't know how much that impacts hair as much but for for film it's wild how quickly it comes yeah what do you love about hair like what do you love about that job yeah hair so it's funny (laughs) because I didn't grow up doing your guys's hair. Like I just, I was never that kind of a person. Right. So it actually surprised me when I signed up for school, to be honest, because I like, I don't even know if I knew how to braid really, like when yeah. I went into hair school. Yeah. It was funny. But trying to choose what you're going to do out of high school, it's like, unless I know you knew from a very young age, like that you wanted to pursue acting. And I always thought that was super awesome that you had such a clear, direct and like you knew the direction mm-hmm. and path that you wanted to take but um yeah I just I really didn't know like I went to school briefly 
I don't even know if I passed it. <laughs> it was bad. And then it was like psych 101. Just brutal. Anyways, um, and then <laughs> I do remember. Yeah, this, I signed actually. up for hair school. Do you? Yeah, I remember um, because you were essentially living here. You know what I appreciate, though? Honestly, I appreciate that you did that. Really, I do. Because I think that like so many young people get out of school and they go into some serious debt for something they don't even like. I totally relate to not everybody having that like distinct vision right from the get-go. And so even the fact that you were able to be like, hmm, I'll dabble in some of this and no, I don't like that. And then go into something else and then realize, oh, maybe this is it. I think there's something cool about that, like failing the psych course. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I did. Like, I did not do well in that class. And I'm like, what am I doing here? Like, I think I just, I, it felt like the next thing, like you graduate high school and then you go to university. Like it just, mm-hmm. that just seemed like what everybody else was doing. And so, um, yeah, I just did not fit into that cookie cutter shape apparently, but that's okay. <laughs> Try it. No. Um, but yeah. So when I, when I went to hair school, it was actually, really cool because um I just fell in love with it there like I honestly just kind of took a chance and applied and I got accepted and then like it's super hard to get accepted (laughs) no it it is though like you have to be I actually felt very smart there like I just found my wow yeah certificate um when we graduated and it was like why do you air quote graduate? Well, because, okay, sorry. <laughs> For those who are listening, she just put air quotes around graduated. I did. I completed the program, but like, yeah, our, our grad ceremony isn't like cap and gown, like walk. Sure. Stage. Like, sure. We literally had something called Mormon fuzzies where we sat around in a room and like read cute notes to each other. Like that was our grad ceremony. So that's why I say. Yes. <laughs> okay. Warm and fuzzies. Got it. I ended up graduating with honors, which was the only time, like, yeah, it was the only time in my school life that I had, or academic life, I should say, that I graduated with, or like completed a program where I scored like all A's across the board, because I just, I loved it so much. And I even found like, Mm. I think that was the thing for me that I realized from trying to go to university, like my heart and my soul were into it there like I just was doing it out of duty and um I think when you find that thing that you really love you tend to excel at it (laughs) I just find that to be really um pertinent what you just said because I think when you're into it you're into it you know what I mean like I literally take classes right now being a graduate for acting that I have to pay for I don't get a job I don't get money for any of the work I'm doing because I love it yeah. You know what I mean? Totally. And I'm going to do well at it because it feeds me in a way, you know? And so I love that it's not just like, yeah, I love that it's something that really fits your lifestyle of like what, especially now as a mom, I, I mean, even when you started it, you didn't necessarily know how it's all going to fit together, Yeah, but it fits your life, but it also gives you life, you know? Totally. Yeah. It's, it's such a good fit. Yeah. So um, you talked about four years off, um, (laughs) which was a very crazy time. And uh, and that really, I feel like, has reshaped where you're at now. So do you want to talk about sort of what happened during that period? Yeah, basically when 
I graduated hair school. I actually got a job right away at a salon in our town and um, loved it. Like, so happy. I felt like it literally was like the dream job for me because it was like just a super cute shop. And like, I got to work with my best friend from hair school. Like we were both stylists there. Um, so it was amazing. And I can't remember how long I was there, but it wasn't, it wasn't too long. Um, I want to say six months. Yeah. Like it was, it was at least like, yeah, it was definitely under a year. Um, that I found out that I was pregnant while I was working there. And so that was really exciting for me because I have been wanting to be a mom for a very long time. And so I just thought that I would be able to, um, like once I had the baby, it just kind of felt like the perfect kind of job to have a baby because it's so flexible generally with your schedule. Like there's a lot more evenings and weekend work that like most of the appointments that you have with guests are on evenings and weekends. That's generally when people want to book. Um, so I was, I was really excited about that. And, um, and yeah, so unfortunately, um, we did lose that baby. Um, mm-hmm. so I found out I was pregnant when like November or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we lost the baby in January. So that was really tough. That was, 2016 that we lost that baby I remember vividly going back to the salon one day um for a class and I just I remember being there I'm like I just can't do it anymore like I just felt dead like I just was like I just felt gutted and my my grief obviously at that time was so raw Mm -hmm. and um I wasn't quite sure how to navigate life at that point and so I ended up resigning from the shop and um, took some time (laughs) to heal. And uh, yeah, that was really tough. So that was, it was very hard to leave. Um, Now looking back, it actually was a blessing in disguise, but at the time it was very hard to leave for me. Like I did not want to go really. I just knew I had to. Before hair school, we had, a very early miscarriage. Um, so that was our first one. So this, the second miscarriage was, um, I was a lot more, like I was a lot further along with this one. So then with this one, it's the idea of getting excited. It's the idea of planning ahead. It's the idea of telling your friends. Yeah, it really, it really um, shook us. Yeah. <laughs> Don't even know. Yeah, like it was, it was very, I mean, you were, you were a part of that too. Like you, I'm sure you remember your perspective, but for us, like it was very dark. Like those days just, they just kind of have like a very big black cloud over those days. And I remember them because, um, yeah, mm-hmm. that was really tough. So that actually happened, um, right before my birthday. I remember I lost the baby on January 3rd and then January 5th, I went in for my DNC and, um, Right after that, we had a birthday party and a memorial actually for our child. So I had like my birthday slash this like little memorial service and you were there and all of our bridal party was there and some other close friends. And that was actually a really beautiful time to just have our our friends acknowledge our loss and just sit and cry with us and grieve. Like I honestly like look back on that day with such um, like heaviness, but also mm-hmm. so much joy because 
I, I just feel so thankful that I have friends that met us where we were at. Right. Yeah. Like you guys weren't like, Oh, well, it's fine. Like, let's move on. Like you guys just sat with us in our yuck and just cried and grieved. And it was very, it was very beautiful for Daniel and I to have you guys there. So yeah. yeah. I remember actually, Jen, I remember you specifically were having a very hard time transitioning from when we like had our memorial to like all of a sudden it got all upbeat and we were trying to have a birthday party for me right after. And I remember you were like really struggling with that. Like, how am I supposed to like mm-hmm. switch heads? Cause you're, you're a very deep person. And I know mm-hmm. that when you get into a headspace, like, and that's, I think what makes you such a beautiful actor too, is like <laughs> you really like dive deep into the emotions with people. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think, I remember actually that being very hard for you. Like, you're like, how am I supposed to act normal and have fun and like make this weird craft? Like, I think we made gingerbread houses. We straight up made gingerbread houses. Um, Yeah, yeah, there's actually, it's quite funny that you you mentioned this because, um, so there is a podcast called You're Welcome and it's by Hilary Rushford. And she actually just recently did a podcast on the, like, different types of proximity to grief and the idea Mm -hmm. that um the idea of the type of for like the the personal griefs of like of obviously it happens to you that would be the number one easy to understand kind of grief but then the next one would be it happens to either your immediate family or closest friends and and sort of that as a type of grief Mm -hmm. like Because I think sometimes we don't feel like we're allowed to because it's not our problem. Like, it's not happening to us, but it is happening to us, too. Like, we're very much affected. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of interesting to go and walk through grief with people at such a close proximity. Yeah. Because you have to balance that. But, yeah, I mean, I wanted to obviously be very happy for you guys that (laughs) that you were finding some joy in the moment. But, yeah, it's it's a strange transition. But So so at that point, you left the salon. Um, not yeah. long after that, what else happened? <laughs> oh my gosh. What didn't, uh, <laughs> so February, I actually found out I was pregnant again, which yeah. was very shocking. I think just after grief, like such a huge loss like that for us, it was just, I was mad. Cause I just, I felt like I was barely breathing from the last time. And now it was happening again. And to be honest, when I found out, I was like, it's not going to, it's, I'm not going to have this baby. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I just, I was so pessimistic at that point. Cause I'm like, this is my third pregnancy and I'm not a mom yet. And that's not, that doesn't feel normal to me at this point. Like, I don't know many people in my life other than my mother-in-law that have had consecutive miscarriages like this. And so, um, yeah, I was just, I was kind of choked, to be honest. And I actually had to go for some ultrasounds. Um, and turned out that, they, like, the doctor was like, it should be fine. Some people just bleed throughout their pregnancy, and that can be normal. Like, it's not ideal, obviously. But um, so anyways, after getting that news, we were pretty hopeful because we're just like, oh, like, maybe this one will work because people are saying that it'll be fine. And then we, we lost that baby as well. And like just Mm -hmm. an agony that I lost another child. Like it just, it's honestly like 
the worst. I think even more than the physical pain because it's physically so intense going through miscarriage, but it's mm-hmm. for sure the emotional pain of it's like just it's gut wrenching. <laughs> that was a crazy year. <laughs> you, I'm sure you remember that. I very much do. I mean, we could spend hours just going into the emotional repercussions of that, oh. what that was like. Um, uh, at some point, you guys decided to go for it again. <laughs> yeah. Which I kind of thought was crazy because I didn't ever know if I would want to be pregnant again, to be honest, for a long time. Like, I remember just being like, I don't think I can go through this again. Like, mm-hmm when I was especially like thick in the beginning of, of 2016, like after losing our daughter, I was like, I don't, I don't know when, when I'll be ready for this. So we definitely did a lot of, um, intentional, like I went to counseling and we did, um, I don't know how many of your listeners know what freedom session is, but it's yeah, a healing program through a church, like discipleship. And it's a really beautiful gift from God that, was a huge, um, stepping stone for us recovering. Mm -hmm. So, um, after the two years, yeah, we just decided to give her, like, we just wanted to start our family. And I mean, our family was started and they were, they're waiting for us in eternity, but we wanted to have children on our side. So yeah, we had our little Silas. That was a crazy pregnancy, but, uh, got through it and have our little buddy now. And yeah. Yeah, because that's even wild, too, is then basically you found out at about, what, 20 weeks that you had to go on to bed rest? 19. Yeah. Yeah, I was on modified bed rest from 19 weeks. And then um, I had, my son was a week overdue. Bless that child. <laughs> oh, <week over laughs> it was now. like the whole half of my last half of my pregnancy, I was worried I was going to go into preterm labor. And then he decided to be a week late. <laughs> just funny it's It's a very funny thing yes (laughs) so you know right now and and this is this is big for creatives I think is that we are we're in a space right now where people are feeling a lot of loss and I think that that's part of the reason I felt like I really wanted to have you on the show because it's like there are so many ways that we experience loss and it doesn't of course always look like a miscarriage or or three (laughs) but it's like this idea of like such expectation and then being thwarted so heavily and um i i i think that you know uh, we talk a lot on the show about perspective and and about um you know try to be encouraging and hopeful but i don't i and this is something that's really important that i get across that i don't believe that in order to be hopeful, you have to ignore like pain or darkness. darkness. I think, I think my big thing too is like, I think with bravery or courage, you don't ignore fear. Like it's not that fear disappears. It's that you go forward despite it. And that's kind of what I find inspiring about your story is that you found a way through that to be, to continue on. And then it's like, not just emotionally, but creatively, you had this amazing return Um, and I just think that there's something kind of cool about that, that maybe we could pass on to, to people who might be listening, just this idea that despite the circumstance, you know, that we can move through. And right now, a lot of people's circumstance 
and I wouldn't pretend to even understand. Like some people are actually dealing with real um, family member loss or actual yes. sickness themselves. Other people are experiencing just, I mean, not, it's it's also quite important, like the financial repercussions or some people are experiencing a ton of depression because they're forced to be in situations with people that it, unfortunately it's a bit toxic right now. You know what I mean? There's a yeah. lot of situations and I mean, of course this happens all the time all over the world, not just in this season, but it feels like in, in many ways, maybe there's a chance that things have been enhanced. Yeah. And so... So, you know, how do you, like, how do you move through that? I think when you're initially experiencing a loss of any kind, whether it be family or um, like the death of a loved one or the loss of a dream or the loss of a job or anything like that, I think like for me, what my biggest thing was is that I just needed to be for a bit before I could do anything. Like Mm -hmm. I needed to sit in my sadness and in my loss and just like acknowledge what I lost. Like I needed, I needed friends to acknowledge what I lost. I needed, I needed my community to, um, grieve with me. I think that was the biggest thing was just like Hmm. not pretending all of a sudden, like I can just move on and like go forward with life. Um, so I think like, this is just what worked for me, but, um, yeah, just, just allowing myself to feel every feeling. Like I didn't try and shove things under the rug. I really just wanted to be what I was. And that sometimes that was, I wanted to laugh with my friends. Like I, I know that we did some fun, goofy things during that time to get my mind off of that. Mm -hmm. Um, but some days I just wanted to cry. And like, I remember I have so many memories of just like being in a public space so embarrassing now but like at the time like just would start sobbing like because I just it just hits you in waves right like Mm -hmm. you can't control when those things are gonna hit you and um like sometimes that looks like being in the toothbrush aisle at superstore and having a complete meltdown like it's just very raw and um So yeah, I think like that was my big thing was just allowing myself to just be what I was and not fake my emotions to make other people happy. Like I think unfortunately I've always kind of been leaning more towards a people pleaser kind of personality. And so a lot of, a lot of my instinct wanted to just cover up and make other people feel not uncomfortable, but I just couldn't do that for myself. Like, I just didn't have the strength. Which is actually kind of awesome in a way where you had to authentically go, I actually can't be anything else than just where I'm at. You know what I mean? And I think I, (laughs) looking back, I think I was a lot for people sometimes. Like, I think, um, like, even now, like, more um, healthy headspace Taylor kind of looks back at that time. And like, I couldn't do anything else at the time. Like that's just where I was at, but just Mm -hmm. how many people I just felt like I needed to talk to about it. (laughs) I was like, Oh man, you probably shouldn't have shared with like so many people about that. Like some personal things of like people I barely even knew, like it was almost like I couldn't believe it happened. Right. Like, and the more I said it, the more real it was. And then 
I don't know if that makes any sense. but It actually makes so much sense because I've done the same thing in my grief. It's also, I wonder if there's something about feeling validated or heard about it. Like, or maybe that's just was. for me. Like the problem is, and I, I've said this before about mental health, but it's like if you have a broken arm, it's just there. Like there it is, your broken arm. And yeah. people just get that you're in pain because you have a broken arm. So don't touch the broken arm. Don't slap the broken arm. The broken arm is in a cast for a reason. Yeah. But when it's emotional pain, you can't see it. You feel like you have to, at least for myself, I feel like I have to explain it. So yeah. there is a sense of maybe that being seen. And when an experience happens so silently like that, it's like, where does that get justified? Where does that come out? And where where can we yeah. experience it in its fullness and like allow that to be real? And totally. that's probably all grief, honestly. An article that I read on um, on the Harvard Business Review, <laughs> which is strange because I'm not a business person, but here it is. It talks a little bit about the discomfort that people are maybe feeling and the heaviness in this season could be grief. Um, grief of... Uh, loss of of dreams as you said or of of money or of family members or of friends or of just collectively an energy people around you are feeling a certain way and so you're feeling a certain way or even if you don't know somebody but they're the, somebody that you kind of like knew in the third party it still affects us because we're we're humans right and um anticipate they call it anticipatory grief too the idea of like feeling something that hasn't happened yet because we don't know when this is going to potentially lift. The writer, by the way, is like the, the interview is with David Kessler, who wrote the like helped write the five stages of grief with Elizabeth Kubler-Ross. And um, so I think for people who haven't heard what those kind of are, but it's like, you know, you do the denial thing or, or the anger thing. And then eventually through the stages, you get to acceptance. And um, and I think David Kessler, actually, he just wrote a sixth stage of grief, which is this idea of trying to find meaning after the fact. And sometimes you, you really can't really enter into that until much later, like after mm-hmm. you've had some perspective on things. But he, he talked a ton about just um, about grief and, and something that I really, really stuck out to me. So I think I'll, I'll read it. Um, it just blew my mind because I think that there's a part of my heart that wants to really encourage people and give people hope. But I never want it to come at the cost of like reality or being cheap or yeah. not not acknowledging yeah. where people are at. So this is one thing that I think is fascinating. He goes... One unfortunate byproduct of the self-help movement is we're the first generation to have feelings about our feelings. We tell ourselves things like, I feel sad, but I shouldn't feel that. Other people have it worse. We can, we should stop at the first feeling. I feel sad. Let me go for five minutes to feel sad. Your work is to feel your sadness and fear and anger whether or not someone else is feeling something. Fighting it doesn't help because your body is producing the feeling. If we allow the feelings to happen, they'll happen in an orderly way and it empowers us. Then we're not victims. Mm. And I just thought that's so fascinating because I do agree. Like, I'm one of those people. I'm sure you're one of these people too. Oh, yeah, I had three miscarriages, but at least I don't have cancer. Or like, like, oh, I'm feeling this way. But it's just my acting dreams. 
It's not like I had miscarriages or, oh, I'm feeling this way, but at least I have a stable job. Like, you know, people just like denounce their own emotions Mm -hmm. so quickly. And I think that that's sort of something I wanted to empower us with, if, if if I may be so bold, just because I think that emotions are going to come up and that's actually like our body is producing them. And so what you were talking about, about your way through is like, I just need to feel sad. Yeah. It was like, I had never experienced this emotion before of like losing, not only like, for example, today, like I looked at my son on the ground and he has like these beautiful blue eyes and he has like so many amazing characteristics about him that I just love. And I was just thinking like, that's what I, like, that's what I was mourning. Like I was mourning, not only a dream, but I was mourning like tangible children that I like was supposed to hold. Like that's the sequence of what happens when you find out you're pregnant, you're supposed to give birth to a full term baby and then um, raise them. And so just like having that ripped out like out of me, literally, I was just, I was just wrecked. Like I just, I felt like half of me died. Like, cause I was just so like, I think that was the hard thing too, is like for me personally with this, this specific kind of grief, like I, I carried these children in my body and I experienced like trying to grow them (laughs) and losing a lot of myself to being so sick to try and grow them and then to lose them like that like that was just a very gutting experience like I just felt like completely raw so I think like initially when anybody has any kind of loss like at the beginning there's just no real way to like put it into words sometimes like how it is going to affect you like um it's just so surreal and you're kind of like is this my life (laughs) like what is happening right now But I just know like for us, like being believers, that was a huge, um, that was just a rock for us. Like I just, my had to have faith. faith, Oh, Mm -hmm. for sure. Like I, I don't know if I, if I didn't believe in God, what would have happened there? Because I know like that was one thing I kept telling myself at the time was just like, Hey, well, I know I'm going to see these babies one day. Like I have the hope of, of being in eternity with them and worshiping God with them. Um, so that definitely got me through a lot of very dark days, but I'm not going to pretend that I just don't think grief is supposed to look a certain way for everybody. Like, I think it's just, yeah, it just is what it is. Like, I mean, I still, unfortunately, I've done a lot of healing and Daniel and I have made uh, a lot of progress in where we're at, but I still have panic attacks because that's just a, a repercussion of all of the, um, like all of the events that happened in a very short amount of time and just a lot of fear, but that doesn't make me not trust God. Like that doesn't make thank you as I yeah. You know what I mean? Like thank you for I saying that. Really hard days. That doesn't mean that I don't think that he is real and that he is I love him and he is my all, but like I still have my humanness right now. But we we have shame around that. Like, oh that's anxiety. So you should just trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean on on your own understanding. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
But like, we don't say that about being angry. We say, go get angry. Let yourself go through that. It's like, we'll go through that and go through that anxiety. You know what I mean? Like, why is it different suddenly? It's like, well, I'm, it's not that I don't, I'm not trying to take that verse and make it kitschy or anything like that. I think it's a beautiful verse and I think it's, it's very true. A lot of ways are being paved that way though. Like even in the church, like I know our, our lead pastor has openly shared his struggles with depression and yeah. Um, like oh i'm not blaming the church by the way at all totally totally i'm just just saying saying, culturally at large there is shame around it sometimes yeah and i hope that we are yeah i agree i hope we are going to that direction i'm not even just talking about the church i think i think what it is though just like any other type of grief and actually david kessler would even say that anxiety he doesn't actually use the word anxiety he uses the word anticipatory grief because you're feeling like anxious because you're feeling this idea that something that you have been anticipating, like you're feeling that loss. And so it's panicking mm-hmm. you. And uh, yeah, basically, I'm just saying that as a, as a whole, we don't know what to do when someone is grieving. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm I'm seeing that changing. I agree. I'm seeing us changing totally. that. I, when I went to counseling for um, after my miscarriages, that there's a lot of techniques that you can do to help like calm yourself too when you're... Um, like feeling very panicky there's a lot of like um different ways like tapping like she taught me some like tapping things and like so that just worked for me when I was having um more like panicky moments but or I've heard also like the idea of like naming facts around you yeah totally like okay I am breathing this this is a solid piece of table in front of me yeah I am I can feel the floor yeah. I can see the sun. I can see the maybe I can see the rain droplets. Like just naming things and being like, okay, so that your presence is brought back to right where you are in that moment. I've yeah. used that at times to go, hold on, let's yeah. take a moment. For me, it's also too, I mean, this is just me. I'm a movement person. I have to move. <laughs> Other people are different. I have to go yeah. for a walk. Last night, I had to calm down after like a crazy week. I walked for two hours. I had to. Yeah. It's what I needed, right? Yeah. So just even unlocking that, which is beautiful that she gave you some techniques for that. And, and so yeah. that can be helpful. So I think like seeking out, I think seeking outside of yourself. I think too, also having somebody that's not in your direct circle that can yeah. um, hear you and give you insight or just listen to you. Because sometimes you just need that third body or third person, like third party. Third um, party. There it is. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Definitely. I agree. I agree. Uh, Yeah. I love where this has gone because I love like I just feel like you're uniquely qualified to talk about grief. (laughs) And I I think it's important. I think it's very important. And so I guess my my thought process, too, is then now entering such a healthy season and being able to be creative. And I know that your job has changed so much. And maybe we can even quickly just briefly talk about how that has changed. Because I know going from I'm going to cut hair to I am now, you know, I can't basically. Like, how have you been able to stay creative? Yeah. So um, my role has changed, like I said, very dramatically with COVID-19. And so now I'm... um, not physically cutting hair other than my husband and my sons which is hilarious um have you cut your own hair i haven't yet but i'm actually gonna get daniel to cut it i think as like a video, what? i think yeah 
It's a whole Oh, oh, for the viewership. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Anything totally. for a like. For a like. I, okay, totally. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with this decision. Okay. Oh, man. <laughs> no, I just think it would be hilarious and a good trust exercise. So we'll see. But, trust, um, trust fall, but it's hair. Yeah, right. <sighs> um, but yeah, so I'm doing, I guess, like artistically now, I'm doing like a lot more graphic design for our salon and for my personal portfolio um so my instagram page and my facebook and all that jazz mm -hmm. also yeah we've been trying to come out with more like lifestyle content to kind of help people through the season so i know a lot of the girls in our salon like they're doing like um like videos on recipes and like hair tutorials and that kind of stuff and so i have done a couple of tutorial videos there will be more coming which is exciting and then mm -hmm. just some random cleaning videos which i think is hilarious that i love going i'm weird but like i'll clean my house during the day which i actually don't mind. i find it very therapeutic cleaning my house most days like okay monica geller <laughs> i'm like i love a good organized room like it, it's so good for me, but like I also, at the end of my day, sometimes I'll go on YouTube and watch other moms clean their house. I'm like, am I okay? <laughs> what is wrong with me? So anyways, that's what I film when, uh, for our like salon YouTube channel right now, I've been filming some like, I've only done two so far, but like just some cleaning videos of um, organization tips. And I just, totally. where is that anybody other than me would want to watch that, but Anyways, it's going well. Like I, I'm actually like loving in a way this season because I think it's really cool that we're all in the same boat in a sense of like, we're all on our phones and laptops all the time pretty much because mm -hmm. that's how we're connecting with people right now. There's going to be a lot of things moving forward that are going to be online. Like where we used to have consultations face-to-face -to, -face to discuss like what your goals for your hair are if you're a new client of mine and you're going to come sit in my chair we would sit down and talk about like what are your long term long term goals with your hair and what like just for me to see what your hair is like now and i think a lot of that is actually going to be shifted onto zoom or like other video calling um, platforms and so it's kind of cool to get a taste of that now before going in so that clients kind of get used to it um now yeah but no we had a little online consultation about <laughs> we sure did about my hair so stay tuned for that moment when taylor and i may or may not be dyeing our hair some colors but we're not going to reveal that yet so yeah. it's so okay that's a secret, so just stay tuned but yeah so it's exciting like it's just kind of cool to see i think it's really going to um be a game changer for our like for every industry, but like, I know for us in particular, like we're feeling how much it's going to shift for sure. And it's pretty drastic. What kind of advice would you give, especially right now to somebody who wants to pursue doing like hair? If you're thinking about doing hair, just do it. It's so much fun. Like it is once you actually get your feet wet, it's just super fun. Is it a good idea to either obviously practice on themselves or like to buy like a mannequin head of hair and practice on that. Is that weird? I mean, you could, you totally could, but I think like you're going to get so much practice in hair school. So yeah. Um, yeah. If you have any inkling that you want to pursue hairdressing, it's 
so satisfying and rewarding to make people feel so pretty and yeah it's just that's the thing like that's it's such a rewarding feeling like being able to get your client where they want to be with their hair and seeing them just like light up and I think like even just helping them relax too like being good at scalp massages and helping them to just like feel like they're at a spa for a little bit and get a break from whatever work and home life it's just it's really fun so Mm -hmm. Yeah, love it. What a blessing. Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show. Um, thank you for also sharing so deeply what's been going on. I hope that um I hope that people can glean from that experience uh in some way or another. And I know I have, and I didn't even mm-hmm. go through it. So if people want to follow you and your story and your journeys and stuff, um, how do they do that? Okay, so my hair, if you want to follow my hair journey. Mm -hmm. Um, you can find me at Taylor Adriana hairstylist, but that it would be one. And that's very complicated. Is that easy to find? Taylor Adriana hairstylist. Yeah. I will also write it down. Um, my personal account is Tay Hoogie, H-O-O-G. Yeah. And what about your, is there like a YouTube connection there or does that all go on Instagram? That can be found on our Instagram page. Yeah. Great. At the shops. Yeah. I will link these all in the description below. But yeah, go ahead and give that a follow. Um, thanks so much, Tay, for coming despite yeah. having little one running around and the the internet glitches. I really appreciate it. And yeah, guys, I hope you have a really awesome rest of your day. Feel encouraged. Um, know that you can always reach out if you want to reach out on the Instagrams. Um, if you have questions, if you want to respond in any capacity, we are here to chat. And, um, yeah, have a great rest of your day. Try to get um, some fresh air if you can. (laughs) Go on the porch if you can. (laughs) Okay. Bye, guys. Thank you. Bye.